The following thoughts and opinions we're going to discuss regarding this album are strictly of our own personal interests. We are not professional music reviewers. We encourage respectful discussion and friendly banter in each episode, but we do not condone and will not tolerate bullying or belligerence. You are welcome to take what we say regarding the albums we rate with a grain of salt. Well, hey there, everybody, and welcome to another brand new episode of the Rate the Record podcast, episode 53. My God, it's like the age of my parents. Yeah, that's this, and then that's this, and combined 53, something like that. I'm being clever with math and numbers (laughs) and thingies. Nerd. Yeah, I know, right? And your nerds of the day are Chris and... Savannah. Very thirsty Savannah. A thirsty nerd. There you go. (laughs) Anyways, yes, that's us, and this is the Rate the Record podcast. So welcome. We're glad that you're hanging out with us today, that you chose to hang out with us today. We hope that you like what you see, you like what you hear, and we hope that you contribute down below. So make sure that you hit the like, subscribe, rate, comment, share, follow buttons, or whatever options you got. Make sure you're doing all that. Be part of the musical community that you know that we're trying to build, or at least I think that you know, and you would only assume that we're trying to do. We don't want anyone to listen to this. We're just doing it because... Well, I mean, yeah. You, okay, you know what? Just just a little little story here for anybody that I know personally that is listening to this. Uh, one, stop. Two, um, I've had a couple people that are like, oh, yeah, I checked out your podcast. And the first thing I think is, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. So as long, public, as, I don't, as long as I don't know you personally, welcome. And I am glad to have you. Exactly. And so actually, I'll just transition right on that note then. So basically, if you are new here to the podcast, welcome. We hope you enjoy your stay. We hope you enjoy like what you do and see and hear and all that kind of stuff. But also, if you've been here before, welcome back. We are glad to have you here. Always glad to have familiar faces or ears in the crowd, I guess, considering (laughs) we're, we're a podcast. It's mostly audio. But if you are new here, that means you don't know what we do here on the podcast. No problem. I got you covered. So each week, Savannah and I will choose an album, be it completely at random. This is one of those weeks, by the way. Or we might even do an anniversary album, which was what, last week, was it? No, yes. Two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Yes, yes. Yes. That was two weeks ago. We could do anniversary albums, 20 years old, 30 years old, 40. Who knows? We'll cover it. Or we even do requests. We had one of those, too, not too long ago. Regardless, we will choose an album. We'll discuss the album at length. We rank the songs, and then we rate the record. I figured it was just so much easier to be percussion than yell. So, And then Zoom cut out all the audio of you doing your percussion, so it sounds like you did not participate in the slightest. Thank you. You know what, Zoom? We are really on our last legs here. Jeez, yes, we're getting a little please. bit iffy, just like we were uh, with our whole Google rant a little while ago. Oh my gosh. Yep. But yes, make sure no matter where you're listening, be it on the audio or YouTube, make sure you're leaving some uh, cool reviews, five-star reviews, especially over in the audio realm. We want more people like you to find our show and be part of the community. So please go ahead and do that over in the audio realm, Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, Deezer, wherever you might be listening. Make sure you're leaving good reviews. And yes, YouTube, you know we're trying to hit 100 subscribers. And when we do, we are starting to give away free records, one record a month, every month that we're over 100 subs. You want free music or at least a chance to have free music. All you got to do is hit the subscribe button it's not even that are, hard aren't we like 10 or less at the point of recording goal? this 90 subs so yes we're doing. i know right. i know on the the scope of youtube 90 subs is nothing but it means a lot to us it really does i mean like we didn't anticipate much in the beginning of this podcast and the fact that we actually have people coming back <laughs> is uh 
mind blowing a little bit. Yeah, that's like a small auditorium full of people listening to us talk. <laughs> what? Uh, really? Auditorium, I'd replace that with a kitchen dining room. That's about as big as an audience as we have right now. Well, it Welcome really to the dining room. <laughs> if you do music or music reviews at the very least. <laughs> if you can call it that, you know. And also make sure that you're letting us know how, what you think of the episodes, be it today's or anyone in the past or the future, over on our social medias at Rate the Record Podcast, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. All those places can be found at ratetherecord.ca, along with our ko-fi.com slash rate the record link. If you feel like supporting the show financially, completely optional, there are perks, include thank yous, shout out cards, and stuff like that, exclusive content, and we might even review one of your songs if you're in a band. So by all means, check that out, all of it at ratetherecord.ca. Yes, please. What he said. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's no need to repeat it because we can just move on now because we do have an album to discuss today. Today's episode 53, and it is the return of the Red Hot Chili Peppers. And for those of you who might not know, it has been like 50, almost 50 episodes since we've last covered the Chili Peppers. They're like huge album blood sugar sex magic from 1991 and now we're doing their follow-up 1995's one hot minute and this is where things really changed for the band uh it was quite noticeable i was very disappointed that you made me listen to the chili peppers again but because there is a moderate difference in sound I have different opinions so I'm i feel like it's a little more than like a moderate change like this was like yeah. As compared well, I don't to the want to ruin in the past. I didn't want to spoil anything. Well, I mean, I'm about to anyways. Wow. So yeah, we ha- again we have done the Chili Peppers in the past. So by all means, if you want to see what we thought of Blood Sugar Sex Magic, you don't have to pay attention to Savannah, but you can go ahead and listen to the episode anyways. It's back in five A. Go check it out. The card's probably yeah. above my head already. It's been already been there. If my opinion's the better one, anyways. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see about that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, let's talk about the Chili Peppers a little bit because, uh, well, first off, since we've done them before, I'm not going to dig super into their biography like I did last time. I'm going to condense it and then just talk about the album. So. Red Hot Chili Peppers formed in Los Angeles in 1983. Anthony Keats and Flea are the only real original members of the band anymore. Jack Irons was replaced by Chad Smith on drums, and Hillel Slovak was replaced by John Frusciante, who was then replaced by Dave Navarro because, you know, drugs and everything. Although no, Anthony yeah. and Dave are also giant drug problems. So, And this album was, like, huge for it, too. Yeah. Yeah, John left the band uh, after the the release of 1991's Blood Sugar Six Magic. He technically left in 1992, though. He couldn't handle the fame, had a huge falling out with Anthony Anthony Kiedis, and developed a heroin addiction that apparently not a lot of people knew about at the time. Mm -hmm. So that's a little sad. Yeah, I I don't know much about him. I know that at a certain point, like visually, you could really tell, but I'm not too sure where he was in in 92, but it really caught up with him. By 92, yeah, probably. And he was living like a kind of like in just the worst conditions. His house was gross. He hung with Johnny Depp a lot, who was also doing drugs with them. Yeah, yikes. So Dave Navarro joined the band after uh, he left Jane's Addiction, or he was kicked out, I think, of Jane's Addiction because of drug problems as well. So, oh. hey, why not kick out one druggie and bring in another? Oh, hey. no. That's got to work. And then, yes, Anthony also had bad drug problems himself. He's been on and off his entire career. So, I mean, like, this was just a peak when it was particularly bad. Mm-hmm. So this would be Dave Napiero's only uh, – Dave Napiero. Dave, Dave Navarro. <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even know where the fuck that name came from. Dave Navarro, this would be the only album that he appears on, and it's one hot minute. This album was released September 12, 1995 through Warner Brothers and was recorded at the Sound Factory in Hollywood, California. So no, not at the mansion this time like Blood Sugar Sex Magic was. 
The album also saw the second collaboration with producer Rick Rubin, so at least he came back. The album saw the departure of the funk rock sound that the band would become known for, as they would focus more on an alt-rock, psych-rock, and even slightly metal sound for this project. Critically, the album received mixed reviews. Mojo and Q gave it 4 out of 5 stars. Rolling Stone gave it 3.5 out of 5. Entertainment Weekly gave it a B plus, and this one shocked me. All Music gave it 2.5 out of 5. They actually hated something. Really? <laughs> or, oh, or my God. Hated it. <laughs> oh, my God. That's the lowest score by All Music that I think we had on the show so far. Yeah, normally it's 5 out of 5, 4.5, but 2.5, yeah, like, eh? If you get a 4 out of 5, you've done something wrong. So 2.5, <laughs> yeah. yikes. Oh my God. In the charts, though, the album still fared well, despite the fact it tended to piss off a lot of fans in the beginning, but I mean, that changed over time. It did go number one on Australian, European, Finnish, New Zealand, Swedish, and UK rock and metal charts. It went to number six in Canada and number four on the Billboard 200. The album went 10 times platinum, including once in Canada and twice in the US. And the album spawned five singles, although I think two of them were exclusive to different countries. There was Warped, My Friends, Aeroplane, Shallow Be Thy Game, and Coffee Shop. Okay, okay. I think Shallow I, Be Thy Game specifically was an Australian-only single, so, yeah. It's funny, because as I'm listening to it, I thought, this would be a good single. Like, maybe an edited version, because it is, you know, a little bit longer. But, uh, yeah, I'm ever, I'm always proud of myself when I think that. I'm like, this would be a single. Then when you say it, I'm like, all right, I got an ear for the hits. I could definitely be an A&R guy. I mean, if you just hear, if you if it sounds radio friendly, then chances are it's a single. <laughs> yeah, feel so special about it then. Alrighty then, we'll just start discussing the album because that's what we need to do now. So that's what we're gonna do. Yes. So song number one, top single on the top of the album, Warped. Okay, now I am going to say that uh, on multiple songs coming up, I'm not going to shit on the vocals nearly as much. Um, there are some songs that aren't my favorite, oh, yeah. but this one, I do like how trippy the voice or the vocals sound. Um, I, I did put a note. I knew he had some good in them, so it's possible. It just took just, a lot of heroin to get yeah, there. Oh my God. Just doesn't let it out that often. Um, I don't think I would have enjoyed his like rapping vocals. So this was a very nice opener and kind of like, a, oh, okay, like I'm, I'm a little bit more interested in what's to come than if it had started uh, otherwise. Yeah, this one kind of gets you prepped for like, yeah, everything coming on this album. Uh, this It had a really good buildup in the beginning and kind of gives you an idea of something big that's yeah. about to happen, even in just in this track alone. Excellent burst into the verse. A lot of fun. Uh, yeah, I do like the vocals kind of being drawn out over these quick hammer-on sound. It's like a great contrast to each other. So mm -hmm. it's already really exciting right off the top. Yeah, and you're right. It's it sort of like a, I don't know, like a small showcase of what's to come. It's it's nothing crazy, but I, I don't know. It's It kind of gave me a, a feeling of, okay, maybe I was wrong about their other album, which I'm not. But, you know, there was sort of a, a little glimpse of, huh, maybe I misjudged them. Um, but uh, it didn't, to me, it didn't really seem like there were obvious choruses or whatnot but it feels like a good opening song because yeah i i kind of read those out of order but either way you can producer will piece edit that yeah piece it together no he won't i know the yes. guy personally he won't do it yeah well we gotta pay him we gotta pay him more for sure yes vanny you should pay him more you directly <sighs> so the one thing i really dig about the song in is 
I found the chorus at the very least, <laughs> like you, uh, bass chords in the chorus always sound pleasing with the bass chords. So, hey, mm-hmm. really cool uh, addition of that. I mean, Flea's usually pretty good for it anyway, so I dig it. But yeah, really overall, like there's just an, like, an excellent pace in this song, kind of never really a dull moment until the very end, because it feels like a, the end of the song feels like a forced transition into aeroplane. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, everything was going well, then it kind of just gets quiet and slow, and then it just moves into aeroplane. I'm just like, that felt forced. I mean, like, nothing felt about this feels natural, so it was a little weird to kind of go through. But, like, didn't dox the score because of it, but I still noted it. When I hear that, I always have to go back to the end of the previous song just to see where that transition is, because sometimes it is like that, where the beginning of the next song is tacked on to the end of the one before. And I'm just like, you could have just stretched out the intro to the next song and it would have been fine. Right. That's exactly what I was thinking too, because like, it's not that aeroplane has a stretched out intro, but I mean, like you could have fit the end of warped into aeroplane and you would think twice about it. Yeah. And it would have been fine. Although I think I would have written a review saying just like the intro was a little long. (laughs) You just can't win. (laughs) Not at all. All right. Well, we're speaking about Aeroplane enough now, so I guess we'll just move on to Aeroplane, the next single on the album here. Uh, Obviously, super, super catchy chorus, and the song starts with the chorus, so there's at least Mm -hmm. that going on, super singable. I do love the uh, light, airy guitar that kind of just flows throughout the entire chorus. I think it's great. And then Flea's wandering bass lines are a lot of fun to listen to in the course of a lot of good happening, like right off the top. That little bass solo nearing the end. Ooh, I if I don't remember anything about this song, that is memorable as hell. I mean, and that's kind of what he's known for. If not solos, then at least doing like these really interesting feel uh, fills that feel like a solo. And you were you were saying in the intro that uh, they're kind of left their sort of funkiness when they recorded this album. They they have some glimpses of it. It kind of appears yeah. here a little. Well, and like I didn't really dig too much into it, but the idea is like, yeah, they never really left the sound, but like they mm-hmm. definitely departed it in more ways than one. Because again, yeah. this is definitely a heavier album, and it's de- like I do hear the alt rock and psych rock influences that like oh, were yeah. referenced in here. But yeah, they do have funky portions. But actually, that ties into my next note very well. I, like the verse is great, and everything. But like Dave Navarro has like minimal to no funk soul in him at all. Like he. <laughs> It's like he knew he had to take over for John Fashanti, who did a fantastic job on Blood Sugar Sex Magic. Uh, and he's not that guy. He's he's not a funk guitar player. So it's like it feels forced. It feels bad. I don't know. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Especially at the point of this song and then moving forward. And like and even at the point of recording this episode, let's just talk about life in general. That Dave Navarro still to this day still has no funk in his soul. He's just pure rock guitarist, which is fine. He's a good guitarist. Mm-hmm. Just he has great moments on this album, but just things like this, especially in the verse, I was not fond of. It just didn't sound good. I I do make uh, multiple notes on the guitar uh, sound and playing throughout the, the album. I don't have much for this song in particular, um, aside from even during the quiet bridge, the guitar is still kind of going at those high strings. Although I think it was like a wah-wah pedal that it kind of throws in there a little bit. And I like that. That was kind of cool. It didn't last very long, but it sort of added a something else, but I don't know. It just, 
I don't know. It, it was kind of more just strumming chords on the higher end of the or the higher strings. And that was really what I got from this. Well, and that was kind of my problem in the verse, although like I know like a lot of guitar, especially in funk, go for the higher end of the guitar and that's fine. But just, yeah, I don't know. Again, maybe it's the tone. Maybe it's the guy who's doing it. I don't know. It just it didn't sit well with me. But other than that, yeah. like I, I can get off that note now, though. Um the bridge is really nice. I really like that too, how it gets kind of quiet. It would have been mm-hmm. nice if like the bass parts though played like kind of lower background parts rather than kind of like up front lead the way type melody. Yeah. That's what I felt from it anyways because the guitar kind of fell in the background. I kind of wish it was like the other way around in a way. Although I think it would have been fine if like neither instrument really had fills or anything like that. If they just kind of played something kind of background that Anthony could sing on. Yeah. It felt really, really nice too, but it would have made it way more atmospheric, but whatever. It's not, it's not awful. I still enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And um, my only other note is really realistically um, at the end of the song, getting the kids to sing the refrain and not having them say that motherfuckers always spiked with pain, <laughs> major loss. <laughs> you hear a whole <laughs> kindergarten class of kids going, that motherfuckers always <laughs> spiked with pain. <laughs> and then they're just cheering and clapping and, uh, now I, I know you probably don't know, but other people listening might know that um, that that course of children is actually Flea's daughter's kindergarten class. Interesting. So How he dare you it, assume I didn't know that? I, I have my reasons. Yeah, I didn't know that at all. <laughs> so yeah, he brought in his daughter in her class. They got to do a, like a little piece. So that must have been very exciting cool. for them. Oh heck yeah! I wonder what they think about it now when they listen back. It's like I can kind of hear myself. <laughs> I think. Yeah. See all of that? Yeah, that was me. That was just me. Yeah, where's my royalties? No, it's child labor. <laughs> you don't get paid. <laughs> Feels like a deep kick in the ass, I guess. Number three, deep oh, kick. I got to get the, pin, the puns in there somehow, some way. <laughs> um, so with this one, I'm just going to look past your pun. Um, just like with last week, uh, Stephen Wilson's Perfect Life, we got some spoken word intro to the song. We that's do. all I. That's all I heard, just... I don't know how I felt about it. Um, I don't know if it sort of, because we don't do the lyrical thing, I don't know if it sort of meshed in with the theme of the song or if it was just sort of an intro that they wanted to include somehow. But it uh, didn't do much for me. Didn't, like like you say, didn't tank the song, but I found that it was just sort of like a, eh, eh, it was all right. Yeah, supposing so, because like I also have a note kind of um, bouncing off of that too, because obviously I've no I've been listening to this album for a long time, mm-hmm. and for the longest time, at first I never cared for the poetry intro, uh, but then as time passed, like I, I never knew what to feel about it. I was like, it, it was just part of the song, and I didn't think twice about it. But like now, I'm actually kind of starting to appreciate it. Yeah, there's something I just I, I like about it. Like it's not like with the Stephen Wilson album where it's just like. You're you're having the song painted for you. You're like not that's probably the wrong way to describe it. You're not having your hand held through the song. It's like this is the story because this is like literally just a poem being told. So like, and the it's not exactly a straightforward poem either. There's like a lot of like hypothetical and like imagery going on, and so I kind of like that. I do like like the the all these faint layers that are building the background. I think that it's like very atmospheric and kind of engulfing. So really, it does a good job of starting out the song, although it does obviously change after the quiet portion. Mm-hmm. Does it have to do with the song or is it just an intro? Oh, it, I think it's very much about the song. Like, again, I didn't do lyrical breakdown either. And you yeah. think I'd know more, but I'm yeah. pretty sure this is a drug song. 
Oh, okay. like so this this it could very well have to do with like you know just kind of going out adventuring through your city and even beyond that and maybe being a little bit of your mind i don't know i could be completely <laughs> off base with this like i could be completely wrong with the meaning but yeah just generally without reading the lyrics that's kind of what it, the mood i'm getting yeah interesting i didn't i don't know i I did write a note now because you've been listening to this album a lot longer than I have. And I really only started within the last seven, eight days. Um, I knew it wouldn't be too long before I didn't care for the vocals. Um, now, unfortunately I can't reference the song enough to know if he starts rapping, if that's why I didn't like it. I really hope not. Um, but I also found this song kind of disjointed. Like it feels like two songs in one. A little bit, but like, cause yeah, the, the second half gets kind of weird and everything like that. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll touch on that in just a second too, because uh, even just staying with the verses. Yeah. Cause they're like, obviously um, a lot, there's a lot going on. Like the sounds yeah. of the verses like packed tight with things. So there's like a lot to experience in your headphones. And I think it's like a really fun and bouncy pace. So it's like nice to have this song earlier in the album. And then, yeah, like there is a lot to enjoy about this track, but then you get to the second half of the album, the album, the song, I should say. And just like another one of those places, I guess, where I'm uncertain of too. Although in the end, I keep like weighing to the side of, okay, I like this. Mm-hmm. Cause it gets kind of weird because then you have like Flea's vocals, which I mean, they're obviously bad. Oh my God. It could be its own song. Uh, realistically but i i I don't know it didn't meld so badly into the second half so it didn't bother me so much and i don't think Mm -hmm. about it maybe it's because i haven't listened to this for the first time in a long time but the thing is just the way it is now like i just anticipate it it feels comfortable but like yeah flea's vocals uh obviously bad but at the same time there's something oddly fitting and entertaining about it especially like because the instrumentals are great and then something about his vocals just like mucking it all up i don't know i kind of enjoy that a little bit and he knows he's not a great singer, so there's that. Um, so I'm going to say this now, but this has to do with P, the song P as well coming up, yeah. um, which Flea also sings. Um, so I hated it at the beginning. I was like, I uh, no thank you. The more I listen to it, the more it is you kind of find it endearing in a way where you're like probably having it sound this sort of, I don't know unprofessionally dirty is was probably the point and then you when you kind of it's like looking at like a painting or whatever when you kind of think of what that person like what their idea of it was you kind of appreciate it a little bit more I guess I fucking can't believe I'm saying this about about this album but yeah um I I kind of appreciated the uh the vocals a little bit and uh now they don't really bother me at all well and that's the thing like after a while like it, it grows on you i always thought that flea would be like a great singer to an 80s punk band yes because oh like you don't have to be a good singer yeah. i mean like one of my favorite punk vocalists uh or is, is the the guy who was originally in the dead kennedys there who did like police truck and all that stuff mm-hmm. a lot of people don't like him that much apparently like his voice but like i think it's super suiting i think it's fantastic so i think yeah, if flea crazy. was to do some like hardcore punk in the 80s yeah that i i think he would have been great for it <laughs> yeah i i definitely agree with that yeah all right well i guess we'll move on if we're done with that one yeah okay so we'll move on to for yeah. a balladish kind of track here my friends another single oh you could have punned it up and been like we're moving on my friends 
Too easy. Too easy. Oh, yeah. I need it to be corny. I need shit. <laughs> Give it to me now. This, is, this song was a nice change of pace with the acoustic guitar. Definitely a song I've heard of or heard rather. I never remember this song is on this album. I always think it's on Blood Sugar Sex Magic. Always. Not because of the sound, but it's just, I never think that it's on here. And I there don't know are, why. There are professional reviewers like like websites and outlets and stuff like that who feel that this song was tr- trying to recapture the popularity of Breaking the Girl from Blood Sugar Sex Magic. Ah, okay. Like yeah. you're just playing that ballady kind of thing just to kind of jump on it. Yeah. Although like... I don't know, like, even I listened to them back to back, like, just today, actually, just kind of with that note in my head. It's, like, two very different vibes, two very different types of intensities. I mean, like, mm-hmm. two different flows. So I I don't see them trying to cash in on it. Like, maybe they're like, yeah, let's try another acoustic track because why not? I don't think that they're yeah. purposely trying to be like, hey, let's do that because it worked last time. Yeah, well, because if they were thinking that thing, they would have just recreated the whole album, right? Yeah, exactly. And yeah, Dave Navarro doing all of John Frusciante's parts. Oof. No, thank you. Oh, God. I could no. live without that. But speaking of Dave Navarro, I mean, there is great guitar work in this track, though. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. mainly acoustic for the most part, so it's it's nice to have that. It's also nice to have an acoustic track early in the mix as well, considering this album's 13 songs. Yeah. So it's nice to have this moment here, and you don't have to wait too long for it especially coming off of like the slower end of deep kicks. So this kind of like melds in a little better. Mm -hmm. And I think Anthony's voice is actually well suited to this track. Like say what you will about his vocals. I know they can be mostly shitty, but it works. It just, I'm just going to piggyback on that. And I quote, the vocal melody is audibly pleasing and I do commend him on the restraint. It sounds very nice, very pleasing. He has a lot more like melody in this album than just like rapping and bouncing all over the place. Oh, thank God. Which I, I don't I don't entirely hate his rapping, depending on the song, obviously, but I mean like with yeah. a song like this, you can see like more of what he's able to do. Yeah. Not like he's the super best at it, but at the same time, it does work in this song. Hundred percent. Um I, I think the guitar solo in the song feels really well suited too. And like you can say that for a lot of the, the the songs on this album, but I think this one in particular stood out a little more for me. So it, it was, it was nice to hear it. It wasn't too intense. wasn't too long, heavy or anything like that. Yeah. It, it was distorted or like overdriven, I guess, but it was like the perfect amount without being too much. And like what you could consider a ballad. I like that our ideas of the song are fairly similar. Um, I did make note that I like the guitar solo halfway in. In reality, it's really all just chord strumming for the most part, but I mean, it sounded good. And I found that the bass, at least to my ears, it kind of felt like it was under everything else. It was kind of subdued, but I feel like if it was more in the forefront, it would have taken away from the rest of the song because it would be more of the focus. So um this one, I think, is very well-produced, well-written, and I really liked it. That's the kind of thing, too, about the bass being slightly buried in this track, I guess, is one note I have later on, but I can just bring up now, is you can tell there's not a lot of great chemistry, like, musically between Dave Navarro and Flea. Yeah. As, as, when you compare it to, like, John Frusciante, like, the Flea and John are, like, super tight, like, everything sounds good, and they just know how to work with each other without speaking, essentially. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like... 
not only like was Dave new to the band at this point, but he was also like heavy into heroin. So I mean, like I I can't imagine communicating with, with it was easy. Apparently, like he was super slow at writing because of the drugs, and like sometimes he just wouldn't show up. So hey. what kind of chemistry is that supposed to be? So I can only imagine Flea's only buried in some parts because like Dave's like, oh, I wrote this part, and it's like, oh, the tone of this part's gonna overdo the bass, so now the bass has to go hiding. I noticed that farther into the record that you just sort of like base where, where are you? I don't. And then it kind of peaks out. It's like, I'm still here. And then goes back down underground again. And then only peaks out here and there. So I I feel like you might be onto something. I guess Flea's mature enough to be like, okay, I'll step back. Don't worry. You can have it. It's not like you'll be here much longer anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone knows I'm good. It's fine. Um, I thought the final verse of this song too had a great energy to it. Like it resembles um, like a lot of the second verse. Uh, yeah, I think I said the final verse in the beginning. Yeah, it's the final verse. Mm-hmm. It's good. It resembles the second verse a lot, but it, like it feels like it built up. It was. It's been built up to a little more. It has a little more energy going. And considering that, like everything you've gone through in the track and how it's built, it just it feels better when it hits. So like I don't know. I think it did a really good job of doing that. Like that slow build to the three verses and. It's an enjoyable song overall. I've I've always liked this one. Mm-hmm. Me too. Me too. Very pleasant. All right, we're almost done with the singles at the very least, so we'll move Ooh. on to the next one. Song number five, Coffee Shop. So I don't have much for this one, unfortunately, because it is a very straightforward song. It's like first chorus, first chorus, you know, do its thing. It's over. It's just over three minutes. Um, my very first note just says, oh, yes, already I'm down. I really liked the way it started. It was like, okay, my optimism was sky high. The weird vocals definitely took a little, like a little bit to get used to. You mean the um, verse? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's just vocalization on one side and on the other side is actual lyrics with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, no idea what they're saying, but it definitely sounds like when you're shaking an aluminum sheet. And it's all wobbly. And it was like, I was like, what the fuck? And then the more I listened to it, the more I'm like, I'm actually kind of digging this. Like, I, I like this. Yeah, there is it's a little unhinged going through the verses, but yeah, I really like yeah. it. So you just hear the voice, nah, 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 yeah, like going in the background. Yeah, it's just like shaking a sh- Oh my God. It kind of reminds yeah. me when we did the White Stripes and there's that song Aluminum where it just sounds oh, yeah. like you're you're drowning like in water. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's kind of like had that kind of feel to it. Um, this has to be one of the like, even with reading this note now, I'm kind of debating it in my own head, but this is one of the heaviest openings to a Chili Pepper song, maybe even in, by them in period. Mm-hmm. But there is a song coming up a little later that's like arguably much heavier in the ways of like starting things out. But like still, this one's like, yeah, fast paced, very heavy, kind of chuggy. Like this is where it starts to feel like alt rock, almost metal in a way. Yeah, and then I love Flea, it. It's like Flea has like pop slap bass as well, so like that just adds to the percussive intensity of it. Um, I felt like the the chorus kind of lacked the energy that the verse had. Not that it got <laughs> really weak or anything, but at the same time, just the verse is intense, and it's like there's a lot to grab onto and have fun with. But as soon as the chorus comes, it just it's like like a lot of the static or fog or whatever you want to call it just dissipates, and then suddenly yeah. you have a clean image, which is nice. But at the same time, the mayhem it's was a little clean. interesting. Yeah, it was too clean. Yeah, I definitely exactly. agree. Yeah, just vocally and instrumentally kind of dropped off a little bit, but it's not. It's not. Doesn't mean it's bad though. Hmm. I think that might be why I just don't really have much to to say about this one. It's just once you sort of describe the verse, describe the chorus, what 
what else is there? There's a bit of a bridge in there. It's and it's oh. a it's a very funky bridge, and it's one hundred percent carried by Flea. Because yeah. once again, Navarro has no soul in funk whatsoever. <laughs> he just shows up. It's like no, play it like this. Oh, okay, it's like he didn't. This didn't come from him. He's just kind of like being given something and playing it in a way. Like I don't know. I just I could I could rant about that all day, but I'm not going. I to. bet. I bet. I mean, it's overall it's a fine track with like. A lot of good moments in it, and obviously there's a lot to enjoy about it. It's just unfortunate that it feels lacking in some parts, I guess. Yeah. But I can see why it's a single at the very least, though. It's, it's short enough, it's fun, it's bounty, why not? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's on brand for them, so I, I can see why they'd want to release it that way. Maybe on brand. I don't know. This 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 feels a little like heavier than past singles yeah. and stuff like that. Like This feels like heavier than anything that was on Blood Sugar Sex Magic or, again, even the previous albums. I think Aeroplane was probably way more on brand when that came out as a single. That probably felt more familiar to the older fans. Okay. I don't think I listened to them enough to really discern that. So I may uh, may retract that statement. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, I, I could be wrong too. Like I, I'm aware of the, the Chili Peppers older stuff, but at the same time, like I'm not super familiar with it. So I could be missing like a bunch of things. My favorite album, Stadium Arcadium. Oh, Next song is number it's six. It's not. It's not at all. Okay. If I have to listen to that snow song one more time hey, in my actually, life. Actually, I like snow. I don't like <laughs> it. I think it's the uh, the drilling into my head that I'm just like, please stop, please. <laughs> Maybe. I, I've always enjoyed that song. But I, I know a lot of people who don't like it, but I've always just, I don't know. Yeah. Something about it I'm just very keen with, or keen mm. on, I should say. All right. Song number six. We'll move on. Flea's solo project here, P. Speaking of a song that uh, not too keen on, uh, this one, surprise, not my favorite. Um, I only have a couple notes, so I'm really just going to run through them quickly. It's a just over a minute and a half. Uh, I'm assuming that's an upright bass he's playing. I don't know. Really? Mm-hmm. Sounds like it would be. Just him on his uh, bass guitar, probably mic'd a little differently, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds more like a, it sounds more hollow. So maybe there's just a little bit more reverb to it. So that's why I figured that it was because like it's that. the only instrument in the song. You're probably hearing a lot yeah. more of its tone. And then obviously, like between notes, he's like tapping the string to give that like percussive like. T- t- maybe that's what it is then. Yeah. Um. So I didn't Google what slam poetry was, but that was the first term that came to my head. So I just put it's just slam poetry, and. It's not my bag, but I appreciate the message and Flea's voice is starting to grow on me, albeit reluctantly. Uh, Still not my favorite thing, but the message in the song is really hard not to listen to the lyrics. Um, I actually kind of appreciate the message, so I was down for that, at least. He's a very peaceful man. (laughs) Yes. Isn't he like a vegan or something, too, sort of going on with all that? Well, he's a pacifist and he can fuck your shit up. <laughs> he can. I don't, yeah, I'm not, I'm not certain about that. I don't know a whole lot about yeah. him, but yeah. But yeah, really, there's not really much to say. I mean, the song's a minute and 47 seconds long. It's, this is just like Flea passing the time. I have a feeling this was written because Anthony and Dave, again, were sometimes away from the studio, way too slow with writing. They weren't really creative sometimes. So I think he just kind of did this. Maybe to get back at them? I don't know. Just like, okay, well, I'll fill, I'll put a song on here and you guys don't even have to know about it. <laughs> Just slide it right in. Jeez. Yeah, it, it's hard to say, but I do know that if they ever, if he ever plays this song live at concert, this is a huge sing-along. I can tell you that much. Yeah. I've seen live clips where like people dig when he sings this. Oh, really? 
like yeah, obviously again, he doesn't sound the greatest. I really wish he'd do hardcore punk vocals. I think that'd be great. But yeah, I don't know. This 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 song grew on me over time. Obviously, I I'm not super high on it either, but it's grown on me over time. I'm just used to it now. It's all good. And then yeah. I learned how to play it myself on bass and singing it. So I was like, now I feel important. <laughs> Good times. All right, so we'll move on. Yeah. Song number seven now, One Big Mob. Okay, so I do retract the uh, coffee shop comment about this is, you know, what I would sort of think of the Chili Peppers. This song is what I would think of when I hear, like, the Chili Peppers, but, like, years and years prior. It just, it sounds... You are wrong. It sounds fun. It sounds like... Uh, this might sound uh, like... I don't know how to explain it, but it's it sounds like all four of them are together. You know what I mean? Like it it doesn't yeah. sound disjointed. It doesn't sound awkward. It just sounds fun. This song sounds like something they would have written with Hello Slovak, like they're yes. one of the guitarists. Like that's it, just, it. I I feel like it would fit somewhere between the Uplift Mofo Party Plan or Mother's Milk. Yeah. Those two albums, like I think it would have been perfect in that era. Maybe even before that, too. Like, I don't know. But again, that's the further back I go beyond that is like harder to recall things. Yeah. Yeah. This is about as old school Chili Peppers as it's gotten in quite some time. So it's very interesting to have a song like this on here that they're still kind of in touch with that at this point. Mm -hmm. I think beyond this, it doesn't you don't really get that anymore in the Chili Peppers discography. I could be wrong, but I mean, I don't recall anything off the top of my head. I feel like they're more calm now, like just listening wise. They're just sort of. They they got their they got their uh, their formula for by the way and then they were like we're going with it forever. Yeah, and for better for worse. I mean, there's some decent songs to have come out of that whole idea, but at the same time, there's also a lot of songs I just don't want to hear. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, so I'm fine with the heavier and faster parts of the song too, but like the I do like the quieter psychedelic middle. I think that is really like the cream of this song, in my opinion. It's just a nice like to float and experience this whole track. That is until like Dave Navarro's like crying orgasm distorted voice comes in. Is that I had to what read that up on is? I had to read up on that because I wanted to know like what I was hearing. I was like, did they have yeah. this list? And apparently that's Dave Navarro just doing fake crying into like into to a distorted mic. So yeah. I felt I, like you wanted to contribute somehow. Guess what you did, I guess. I mentioned that. I'm like, I initially thought that the sound during this part, referencing something else, was a squeaky balloon now sounds like a vocally processed baby fussing. And I it wasn't until I heard the crying. I was like, why is this in here? I'm confused. I, I, I always thought it was like, when I've heard this, I always thought it was like a mix between like an orgasm and crying and an orgasm yeah. only because we're talking about Anthony Kiedis here. So I mean, yeah, like, probably. And I guess to an extent too, Dave Navarro, who's yeah. also like, you know, a woman magnet, I guess. Oh my God. Honestly, I like no offense to whatever he wants to look like or do whatever. He literally looks like one of those pickup artist guys now. Oh, the PUAs, that, yeah. Yeah, that would like charge $1,500 for half an hour for him to just say, just go talk to her. Just, you know, tell her how good her boobs look. <laughs> Stop it. If she gets offended, make her feel bad for it. Gas yeah, oh my God. Like, I'm sure he's a great guy, maybe, but like just the way he looks now, I'm like, I can't. I, can't. I, d- I don't like that. Looks like Chris Angel. That's I don't like it. that he's the host in a judge on a tattoo show because like just because you have a bunch of tattoos doesn't mean that you are qualified to judge it because I mean like he's not a tattoo artist. He's just a mm-hmm. tattoo whiteboard. 
Yeah, but you, you as somebody who ingests food, can go on MasterChef and judge other people making food. Yeah, but I couldn't tell you the elegant notes of something in this woody flavor palette, something bullshit. I don't know. You, you you eat food, so then you know it's the same thing. He has tattoos. He can do this. You eat food. Go on. You're you're the new Gordon Ramsay. I, I guess it is kind of a hypocritical thing for me to say, considering I don't know shit about music, and here we are reviewing <laughs> music. <laughs> Neither do I. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we sit here and think we know what we're doing, <laughs> but clearly <laughs> can't get better if you don't keep doing it. So I suppose now I wonder, we're not if we, cool. I wonder if we have, we wouldn't notice because we're doing it every week, but I wonder if we have gotten better. Mm, I refuse to watch the old ones. So I, I, I well, we'll have to do that on, uh, on Kofi. Then we'll just exclusively reacting to our oldest episodes. I think we brought that up before too. We gotta, yeah. Now we have to it's oh, come yeah. back. I, I want to vomit now. <laughs> I, yeah. But back to this song, um, there was like a slowed down bridge, not not even halfway in. And I thought it was going to come back to being like super hype again. But it was like a good chunk of the middle was just very slow. And um, I did note that the intensity of this song has been cut and slashed and murdered in a grand homicide. It I did come like back that, at the though. end. But I, I don't know. It's I really latched on to the energy at the beginning. And then when it was kind of like dulled down a lot longer than I would have wanted. I kind of lost interest by the end. And then when it came back, I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. See, I'm the opposite. Like once that slower part came in and that's where I latch on, it's like, I like the way the sounds and feels. And that's, as I yeah. said earlier, like I thought it was the cream of the song. I really liked it. Yeah. Crop rise to the top. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That is literally the only impression that I will accept on this show. Hey, you said you like Dave Mustaine as well. <laughs> <laughs> not as a person, but uh yeah, well, yeah obviously. Uh, no one, no one actually likes right. Dave Mustaine. If it means a paycheck, they might like him a little bit, but other than that, no. <laughs> I just take down my Megadeth poster then. He's, he's gonna sue us, isn't he? <laughs> oh, that's fine. He needs money, I'm sure. Overall, I feel like this is an interesting sandwich of a song because yeah, you do have like the two intense parts and then just like the big creamy middle, big cream sandwich. That's a weird thing to say out loud. It is. But I did. Uh, and also it <laughs> kind of ended on like a metal note too. It got really heavy at the end. So that was yeah. that was the interesting thing too. Like, I mean, I guess if they're all in on trying new things now, why not? Like it didn't sound bad. It just It, it kind of took me by surprise a little bit. Yeah, I... Uh... I thought that the end and it kind of had a bit of chaos, but unfortunately it ended quickly because it would have been nice to kind of hear a little bit more, maybe just a couple more bars of that and have it sort of come down. But they were like, Hey, look at, haha, can't have it. I'm like, Oh, what a boo. Too bad for you. Exactly. And too bad for you that we're going to move on now to song number eight. That's the best transition I got. Number eight walkabout. <laughs> so, all of these songs thus far to me have had sort of like a similar feel. And I'm not sure if I'm listening to a very cohesive album. So it's like sort of, oh, this song is going to kind of sound like this one because it's really telling a, you know, story in some way. Or if because the chemistry for experimentation for the album just wasn't there. So they were just kind of like, oh, let's play what we're comfortable with. Yeah. Um, I'm not too sure where uh, where what I feel about that. But that was the very first thing that I noticed when I heard this song. With this one, uh, to me, on the other hand, uh, 
This felt like a really weak take on the success of Blood Sugar Sex Magic. I mentioned that earlier, how certain reviewers were saying, like, my friends was doing that for uh, Breaking the Girl. Yeah. This song felt like something that would have happened on Blood Sugar Sex Magic. It, actually, this this does feel like something that would happen on Blood Sugar Sex Magic if Dave was part of the album. Do you think that they had these songs half done and then they brought Dave in to finish them up and that's why they sound so familiar? I wouldn't think so because there was a huge, there was four years between the two albums. And so like John left mid tour for blood sugar, sex magic. Yeah. And and so they were, even if they were writing, it would probably nothing would be enough to have made it this far, like maybe a couple of tracks, but Mm -hmm. overall I think a lot of it was new when Dave came because he probably brought new ideas, obviously. Yeah. Okay. So they just kind of like work with that. I don't know. Yeah. It, it bothered me a, a little bit. I mean, there's some minor enjoyable parts of this track, I guess, but it like this song lacks a lot of body. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. This is, this is where I mentioned earlier, the chemistry between Dave and flea is so weak as compared to flea and John. Like yeah. you can tell, and this is the kind of song that really points that out to me. We're just like, they're trying to like walk with each other, but like they're clearly out of sync. Not not like musically out of sync, like time wise. Yeah. It's just like they're not on the same page, and like they're trying to be, but they're just not. And you can just, it, I don't know. To me, it's painfully obvious. Um. Yeah. I. I. I don't know. There. I. Okay. I'm just gonna read the rest of my notes because it all. They're all just questions. You hate his rapping. <sighs> Okay, so not really. I didn't mention it in this one, so clearly it wasn't that bad. Wow, I thought you would hate it. Um, I did notice that the vocal sound on top of everything, like he's singing karaoke, it didn't sound like everything was together. It just sort of, it was the music and then his voice just sort of, I don't know, sheened on top. Despite that, the voice sounded good. Um, why does it sound like someone is cleaning a window like, it's just that squeaking again. Just yeah, stop that, please. I, know, I heard it. <laughs> um, is is this song just a constant chorus? Um, nothing really changes too much for me. Um, the guitar the guitar tone during the solo sounds like a kid's toy. It was strange. I have so many questions. That was my review of this song. Interesting enough, I thought you hated the <laughs> rapping, though. I honestly um, thought when I heard it, I was like, oh, Savannah's going to hate this. <laughs> um, I probably did. Um, I feel sometimes there's a redundancy to repeating that over and over. So I feel like at this point, it's just a Savannah hates this. Let's move on. But this is like the first time on this particular album where mm. this really comes into play, though. Yeah, well, maybe it, everything else was more annoying to me. And also, this song is five minutes and seven seconds. I feel it's far too long for a song that gives you very little. There oh, is, I have there, that note later, later on. Th- this song lacks so much substance. It, like, it feels like a pre-session improv jam, and like this does not work as an album track. So, I mean, this might spoil where I have it on my list. But the <laughs> idea was like, this this one just doesn't work. Yeah. yeah. Yikes. I really, I really want to make a segue to the next one and be like, wow, that song was a real tearjerker. ba 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 Right now, if you like that song, my review is a real tear jerk. <laughs> Fair Good enough. enough, I guess. So yeah, let's move on to song number nine, the song about Kurt Cobain. Tear oh. jerker. Um, you you go first. You go first. What do you think? Well, I mean, we got another ballad on our hands, and this one's quite mm-hmm. literally a ballad because again, it is about Kurt Cobain and how he died and everything like that. Um, so the instrumentation is really nice. I do like how soft and gentle everything is. It feels like a little kind of contemporary rock every once in a while, but it doesn't bother me too much. The problem with this, though, 
for my for my friends, Anthony's voice sounded great. This one, the soft touch of Anthony's voice does not suit well at all in this one. No. Like you can tell he's trying to be emotional and like passionate with the lyrics, but just I don't know. This one feels like a miss, especially listening to it in headphones. Like it feels a little empty. Like I not to say that it is. He probably did truly feel emotional when he was writing and singing this and everything like that, but it didn't come across that way to me in this performance. Like, so everything but his voice in this song, I was pretty, pretty high on. Yeah. Where it just kind of feels hollow, I guess, where it's just nothing there. Yeah. I, I didn't really notice that too much. I feel like at this point, I'm kind of uh, turning my mind more to the music and less to his vocals because I wanted to have some sort of um, sanity coming into this. Um, I, it, Felt like a nice little slow dance opportunity, and I'll like slow it down a little bit. Um, it's calm. It's not what I would expect in the least. Uh, I didn't think it was going to be as sort of, I don't want to say slow, but just as emotional, I guess. Um, I did note that this song would be played in a movie when the main character has to walk away from their relationship. So you get shots of them sort of walking away in the rain, away from each other and existing without your past other half. So sad. Just you mentioning a relationship ending and then you said the word shots. I'm like, the song is like literally declaring his love for Kurt Cobain and then Cobain shoots himself. So, hey, great little like additions there, huh? Wow. I didn't realize that those arms could reach so far. (laughs) I know, right? Crazy. Oh God! But That's yeah, all I got for this one. When when I it's funny when I first heard the song like a long time ago, and like I used to really like this song. Like I don't like it as much now, but when I was younger, I used to like it a lot. Yeah. I didn't know it was about Kurt Cobain, so the, the lyrics of um, I liked your whiskers. I like the dimples on your chin. I was just like, is he singing about his dog? Like what is this? Like I was thinking, flee maybe. <laughs> Well, because then, like, there are some lyrics that are very much a reference to Kurt Cobain. Like, the first time I saw you, you were sitting backstage in a dress, a perfect mess. And then, like, left on the floor, leaving your body, blah, 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 whatever. Like, just Ah, referencing the suicide, just referencing, like, the first time he saw him backstage. And just, like, this guy is special. Interesting. Take that as you will. (laughs) Obviously, Anthony meant that in a very positive light. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think that this song should have followed Walkabout, though, um, because it's it's nice to have a come down like this song. So Tearjerker does work. But the problem is it comes after arguably the most boring song on the album. So, I mean, like, how are you supposed to feel at this point? Like, you're, you're just completely slumping at this point, even if you are enjoying the song. So, like, I don't know. I do like a lot about the song, but those two points are just crushers for me. Yeah, I get that. I, I don't have much to add or uh, disagree with, so. I'm just trying to decide whether or not it's an X or a question mark. Uh, let's go ahead and put a question mark. Let's put question marks for all of them. Why not? Realistically, that would work, but I like to try to be honest with myself. All right, so we'll move on. Title track now. We're getting to the double digits. One hot minute. Um, I The weird disorienting intro to this really kind of distracts you from the Absolutely heavy hitting start to the verse on this one, which I really, really like. And I said earlier, I thought Coffee Shop was one of the heavier tracks, but like arguably this one is another one of those contenders. Like this one's good. Um, I feel like I've heard this song before. Chances are I have, but didn't really remember it. Um, 
But listening to it in the context of the entire album, I didn't think that there would be, I, I don't know if I'm going to describe this properly, but I didn't think there were going to be so many low tempo songs on this record. Like there's nothing really like, oh my God, this is awesome. But they're all sort of mid tempo sort of, I don't know. They, I don't want to say they all sound similar, but when you kind of pick up on that, you're like, okay, this is, when is this going to pick up? When is this going to, you know, punch me in the face? And it didn't really punch me in the face like I wanted it to, but I definitely noticed that whole psychedelic sort of feel in this song because it really reminds me of a Tripping Daisy album that came out, I think a year, the same year or a year off of this. So I don't know if that was just sort of what was there to do at the time. But I mean, because I love that, this was cool. I was down for it. Yeah. I mean, I do love that slower, heavy pace of the track. Like, I, I think it's really good. And considering a lot of Chili Pepper songs are like a bit higher tempo and a bit higher energy. Yeah. So ones like these feel like a treat to me because you don't get something like this too often, I guess. But yeah, it's great energy without giving you like, giving you like, it's not just another track that's like fast and bouncy. Yeah. So it works really well. Say it's a treat and well, until you hear the whole album and you're like, oh my God, I've overdosed. (laughs) It's too much. Overdosing the heroin that clearly (laughs) flows to this album because there's too much in two arms. Um, I love the guitar work on this track, dude. There's so much going on. Everything is really well layered. I love everything. Um, and then the uh, the harmonies on everything as well in the Am I All Alone portions like that happen pretty quickly. Gives me goosebumps every time. I love it. Sounds so good. I, like they really nailed the head on the song. Uh, hit the nail on the head with this song is what I meant to say. Yeah. It, it just feels a lot better. Like this one is so fun. And I think uh, I've probably liked this one for as long as I've known about the album, which is at least 15, 20 years, something like that. Well, I feel like with a title track, you really can't fuck that up because that's well, going to be the bands one that. Fuck it up. <laughs> but it's like that's the one that people are going to be like, "Oh, okay, I'll, I'll listen to this. I, I want to know why the album is titled this. I'll listen to the song." Rewinding last week, I think "Hand Cannot Erase" was the like the oh lowest rated song on my list. I like that song so much, though. Yeah, I bet you do. Ah, uh, well, yeah, no, I picked it. You rated it number two, and number two is shit because that is what you do when you go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome for that one yeah yeah i'm not thanking you oh god you were i could ten- i could sense well it's i just have a stupid sense of humor <laughs> um i i do hear a definable chorus uh but the song just doesn't seem formatted like i would have like i would expect uh which it does catch my attention it's not like with this one is not boring to me at all um but i do think it is one hot minute too long. Could it be because of the outro? It, I think so. I think there are, are different parts throughout the song that are maybe one or two bars just longer than they really need to be. So cumulatively, I feel like it could have just maybe knocked off a minute and it would have been fine. Fair enough, I guess. Although I I, I like a lot of the extension of this song. Uh, the outro, I'm a little iffy on. Uh, mm-hmm. The bridge of this track is awesome. It's another one of those really big slowdown points. But the, the difference between this one, I feel, and the other ones is this one still carries a tune without droning too much. So, like, there's still mm-hmm. something happening as it's going. 
Uh, there's some singing in there too, so it kind of carries you along with that. And just like this feels like the eye of the storm before the, that chaotic ending. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, did the ending have to be that long? It was like almost a solid minute of just like dissonant guitar bends and stuff like that. It probably didn't have to be. It does get like a little dizzying after a while. Sometimes in the mood for it, sometimes I'm not. Yeah. Uh, regardless, I won't dock score because of it. But like, yeah, like I would understand why someone doesn't like that part, but. I don't know. Given the atmosphere of the album, I think it suits enough. So I think it's fine. It's the more, the farther we go into the album, the more I'm definitely seeing the sort of turn of the corner of like, Oh, let's try this. Let's try that. But they don't go too far where they're like, let's go crazy. There's like, well, we haven't done this before. So maybe let's, let's dip our toe in the water and try. So I feel like they change it up a little bit eat for multiple songs instead of doing one entire song where you're like oh my god what is this so i feel like it's more digestible that way and then you consider like californication came after this and that was like less distorted and overdriven more melodic and so like this was the chance to take with this album like doing all this stuff yeah all right let's move on song number 11 out falling into grace (sighs) I like the walking bass line to add a little more funk to this album, to the song. The talk box for the guitar, little distracting the longer it goes on. It yes. was good. And then when it ended for the chorus, I was like, oh, thank God. Then the verse came back and I was like, why are you back? Stop it. God damn it. I, I do understand that. And actually, uh, <sighs> my first couple of notes here, like literally echo what you just said. I said the bass is fun. I do like it. I I like the slower jam of the song, but after the excitement of one hot minute, it's just, it's not doing it for me in this one. Um, And then, yeah, Navarro using the the vocal box, talk box, whatever you want to call it. I throw the verse. I mean, I guess I see the creative side of it when I look at it, but at Mm -hmm. the same time, it just ultimate feels the verses feel a little lacking. It's like drowning out other things because that's like all I could focus on. I I imagine him being so high on heroin that he just kind of like, took a shot glass, put it on the strings and started screaming into the shot glass uh-huh. and just the vibration went, is what they recorded. Hey, that'd actually be kind of cool to try. Just slumped over on the ground and just like can't even pick up his guitar. <laughs> oh, fuck. That's sad. Are we talking about Motley Crue or Dave Navarro? I don't even know anymore. <laughs> Not Motley Crue, please. Yeah, uh, yeah, th- yeah, th- yeah. Those extreme druggy party assholes. Yeah, and they all hate each other too. <laughs> oh my God, yes. Uh, yep. Um, The only other note I have, because again, this is, I don't want to say a short song. It's like an average song, 348. Uh, the course is great. I do love the addition of like the female singer. It adds like a n- mm. new and much needed texture. Yes. But other than that, there was just not a whole lot for the song to give, I guess. So in, again, coming off the excitement of one hot minute, it was, it was hard to really get into. So I'm going to uh, put on my uh, uh, producer hat here. Um, sorry. I can't even say that without laughing. That was so stupid. Ha. Uh, this this seems very cut and paste production wise, where it doesn't sound like they played together. It just sort of felt like they recorded all separately, which I would not doubt that being given the, the atmosphere of the album, probably <laughs> that they all did it separately. It was all pasted together because it just it doesn't have I don't know if it's like a sort of cohesive tone that like washes over all of it but it it all just sounds different i don't know the song doesn't sound too bad but it doesn't give me much in the way of mass like it sounds thin it sounds sort of like 
flaky in a way, but that's yeah. just like production wise, I guess. Um, the guitar solo would sound good in another song. To me, it found or it sounded strange in this one. Um, I would probably listen to it again, but it's just not my favorite one. Spoiler. That's fine. It's not my favorite either. <laughs> good. Oh, can't match then. Damn it. <laughs> oh no. As if we're a stranger to not matching. Oh God. But after last week, we got to keep the momentum up. We got two matches oh. last week. Oh hell yeah. We, we have to get four now. Don't push your luck. <laughs> Fair. Sitting here trying to tout four. Well, I say, shallow be thy game. That was a terrible transition. Yeah, I it definitely I, was. I was trying to think of something to be clever. Like, this one's hard, but I, I I feel like I have to try. Yeah, that one sucked. That, no uh, problem. But yes, shallow be thy game, song number 12. If raindrops had bass tones, that would be the beginning of this track. Yeah, the watery texture of like the the, the funk bass there. I and guess I can It seemed like that. little hits and little... I was cool with it. I liked it. It was it was interesting. I don't think I've ever heard something like that before. Oh wait, I'm thinking I'm thinking of a different song with what I just said there. So, oops. Oh, that happens to you too, eh? That happened to me before <laughs> it happened to you. That happened to me back in like season two. Well, my memory is so bad. I don't even remember season two. I don't know who you are. What? Where am I? What did we do in season two? <laughs> We should do a Megadeth album. <laughs> we should do a Bob Dylan album. No, no, no. Get your kicks in Highway 66. Anyway. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> Just keep talking about this fucking song, please. Um, this song had a really cool pickup to it, though. I really enjoyed it. Uh, like, you have this, like, pop slap bass, and then, like, the droning guitars, like, I don't know. Those were really excellent and just it really created a feeling of building, which I really liked. And it did have a payoff, so that was nice to have because sometimes you get that buildup and then you get nothing out of it. But this mm-hmm. one did, so that's nice. And the course is actually really great too. I mean, like it maybe be it might even be just the uh, layering of the uh, chromatic vocal harmonies, but I mean, it's really pleasing to listen to. It kind of like I didn't really pay much attention to the vocals, and the majority of the song kind of just felt instrumental because there's just like a little bit of vocal sort of in the middle. And then the end was a nice sort of long ring out of just music, which super down for, I have said chili peppers would have been awesome if Anthony Kiedis wasn't uh, in it. Um, But I mean, there were some tracks on this album that sort of showed me a little bit different because I did appreciate the fact that he was there. So that was cool. Uh, I do wish that this track wasn't at the end of the album though. I felt like it just, I waited too long to get to it and I actually like this song. So I was like, Oh, I really wish I heard this a little bit earlier, but it is kind of knowing what the next song brings. It is kind of nice to have something like a little, I don't know, more energetic uh, near the end. And uh, yeah, uh, I'd listen to this one again, but I just, I don't know how I feel about it other than I don't hate it. Fair. Sometimes neutral is the best. Trying to decide where that would fall on the list, and that was such a weird review. I'm just like, yeah, Uh, the song sounded good, but there were some bad things about it. Um, The vocals, I wish they weren't there, but sometimes they were good, and the music was great, but you really could work on it. I'm just. Because uh, this is either going to be like your number four or five or your number eight or nine. <laughs> like, it's just yeah. like, it's like you you like it, but not enough. You want to get it rated yeah. high, but you didn't. But you did, though. It's just like, yeah. what the fuck does any of this mean? <laughs> well, you threw out four numbers, and I really want to tell you if you're right or wrong. But well, you, I you'll feel be like able to do that in like ten minutes. We're, we're too close to the end. 
Exactly. All right. Well, speaking of getting to the end, well, let's just go right into the finale of the album song number 13, Transcending. And to me, I mean, you could probably make this case for a couple of songs in the album, but I've, to me, this song feels like the most in-between moment from this album to Californication. But that isn't like until the second half of the track. Second half of the track really plays into that final bit of, hey, Dave Navarro's on this album. Whereas yeah. like the first half of this track really felt like something that could be in the, like the early sessions of Ca- uh, Californication. Really? I heard Incubus. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, something off a of morning view, but I, it's just, it's kind of that, uh, I, I, I can't describe how it sounds, but it was just the opening sort of, I, I don't want to say opening chords, just the beginning of the song just definitely gave me uh morning view incubus vibes until the vocals came in and i was like oh okay we're listening to the chili peppers the incubus thing just completely died went up in flames well maybe the guys from incubus really like one hot minute maybe Uh, although like their earlier work wouldn't indicate as such but i mean yeah you never know yeah i feel like incubus's early work really kind of had that like bungle kind of feel to it like the crazy crazy side of bungle yeah, and they're kind of, kind of rappy, so who knows? I'm sure they're all from California, Oh, and Anthony right? probably thought that Brandon Boyd was ripping him off, and he's like, <laughs> take him off the tour. <laughs> then, in- then Incubus just drops off the map because Anthony Kiedis ruined their fucking career. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, for fuck's sakes. Um, but yeah, like, I, I do really like the clean guitar tones that happen for most of the track at the very least. But when it gets to the second half, like, the, the whole song changes up, and I really like the messy second half of it. I like how messy it feels at the very least. It really plays, like, heavy into that psych rock side of the album. And again, it's just kind of like that last hurrah, because whether they knew it or not, like, this was, like, the last time they would touch on something like this, as far as I'm concerned. Again, they might have done something later, I don't know, but I think this was it. So, hey, go nuts with it. Nuts they did go. Mm-hmm. I like the guitar, and for the most part, I can say that for the whole record, like I had said at the beginning. Um, but I do find that it is too loud during the quieter bits. It was kind of like he he leaned over and just sort of turned it up. Because, <laughs> like, it just it would have been nicer to kind of have that sort of settled down quieter part without the sort of I don't know guitar blasting into my brain um I did mention organized chaos which is definitely how it felt near the end um I am still kind of on the fence about how I feel about this one because like the beginning track warped it kind of felt less of a presentation of hey this is what to expect and more of a wrap-up of hey this is what you just heard kind of like a little summary of the whole album and I'm kind of okay with that um yeah I don't know the the end didn't end like it was the end of an album so I felt like I was expecting more afterwards so I'm kind of I don't know kind of limbo uh on how I feel specifically about this one and I actually made that note specifically too. Is is this track an ender? And I just simply yeah. said maybe. Yeah. Because I mean, like, I can see where they're going with it. And, like, maybe I can see it as an ender, depending on how you feel about the rest of the album, I guess. But realistically, thinking about the set list of this entire album, I don't think I'd put another song here. Mm-hmm. I don't know what else would be appropriate. My friends. No. It just be. It'll be like one of those albums where. The entire list is curated and nice. And then they throw that slow song at the end that everyone skips because they forget about it. 
Yeah, and see, I I think My Friends was great where it was, as I mentioned even in my notes, saying, like, it's good to have that nice slowdown, like, four tracks in. So, like, yeah, yeah, that definitely wouldn't go at the end. Like, I I don't know. So maybe that's why I'm kind of on the maybe side of saying, yeah, this one's fine where it is. Yeah. But granted, calling it an end or not doesn't change my score at all. Oh, no, not at all. I feel like I just, any of these negative things, they all, they have to be kind of, I don't know, moderately objective negatives for me to change my score too much on things. But if it's like, oh, I just don't like this one thing. I'm like, I'm not going to knock it down two points because of that. Maybe I'll knock it down 0.3. Yeah. And that's it. So I'm less of a jerk now. Maybe, maybe I am getting better at reviewing. I'm less of a turd. Yes, you talked about a Chili's Pepper album and didn't completely just barf all over. Oh, my God. Well, this one was better than the other one. So and I knew opinion. you would think that at the very least. I, I was like, yeah. even if, like, I don't imagine you A-tiered this album, but at the same time, I know that you would t- it has a higher score, yeah. at least by a minimum of seven points over uh, Blood Sugar Sex Magic. But we will find out soon. And at the beginning, before we started recording, you did write down what you thought my percentage was going to be because you're the one who picked the album. So I'm really, really excited to see how close you actually got. Yeah. So for people who don't know, uh, just off camera, I'm hold- blank piece of paper. You can't see it. There's there's a score on the other side of this paper, piece of paper that I've written in purple marker. And I have it just off camera, so I can't reach over and grab it and like change my answer at all. When we review our scores, I have an exact score of what, or at least close to what Savannah's going to have. Uh, okay. But now that we talked about the album, I'm probably off. <laughs> but I'm sticking to it now. All right. But I went by base thought just alone, but then reviewing, obviously, my mind changes. Well, who knows? Because most of my reviews, and then you li- you see the score, and you're like, I don't know what you were thinking. So. Last week, for example. Anyways, yeah. it's the end of one hot minute. We made it all the way to the end. We're not doing the deluxe edition, so there's two more songs we're not doing. That's fine. Hell no. But anyways, yes, it's the end of the album. So, hey, thank you very much for making it this far with us, listening your way through One Hot Minute as well. Let us know what you think of this album down in the comments below of wherever you may be listening because we're always curious to know your opinions. Also, let us know over on social medias, which can all be found at writetherecord.ca because, again, be part of the community and being part of the community means telling us what you think about the albums. Yay! And then we rate the record. Soon! That's part three. You troglodyte. Sorry, sorry, anyway. I'm new here. <laughs> yeah, I can tell. We got to go to through part two first, which is when we rank songs from worst yes. to best, as we usually do. So I guess we'll just get that started now. Above our heads, boom, graphics have changed our names. There are numbers. And soon next to those numbers, more names, like song names, because, yeah, we got to go 13 to 1 on each side, 26 songs. And I certainly hope we match things, because I... I have one, two, three, four, five, six question marks. I think we'll match on four of them. I said it before and I stand behind it, even though deep down, I don't think so at all. Really deep down. I think it's a sh- like a surface level thought of that. We're not going to get. Four. <laughs> yeah. It's intuition, really. Uh, seventh sense. It's like when the tide goes out and you can walk like a mile out on the beach and like you're, you're only like the soles of your feet are underwater and that's it. That's the surface level I'm talking about. Uh, excuse me. Sorry. I just thought of my own funny joke. Anyways. I bet. Yeah, it was funny. What an absolute killer. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, all right. We will rank songs now if you're done being so funny. I'm not. <laughs> You've been done being funny since the day you were born. I all right, let's move you. on. All right. What was your 13? Song number 13, Walkabout. Uh, mine was P. 
And as soon as we started talking about it, I knew it too. I was like, God damn it. <laughs> oh, a little pee pee. My song number 12 is pee. Deep kick, right? Deep, Deep kick in the balls. I, I'm still kind of shocked about Walkabout, though. I, th- I thought for sure, like, you weren't going to like that one. Well, we'll see. So, well, I mean, now that I, okay, well, anyway, song number 11, Falling into Grace. Walkabout. <laughs> but it's still, it's like two songs above the bottom, so. Yeah. Well, the, the scores were pretty close. Song number 10, Tearjerker. Transcending. Transcending. I'm trying to write the whole title, but it's just a waste of time. Number nine, Coffee Shop. Falling into Grace. Falling. Number eight, right. Aeroplane. Tearjerker. Uh, yeah, I don't, I'm not optimistic anymore. About that four, are you sure? We're getting close. <laughs> no, I'm okay. Thank you. Uh, let's see. We can still get, uh, we, we still got a few here. It's not, no, we're not done yet, but we've said that before, and zero has been a magical number for a while. Yep. At least one. Come on, let's do at least one here. Uh, maybe it's this one. One big mob, number seven. Warped. Maybe it's not that one. It's not. We're, we're one off. Uh, kind of. Number six, deep kick. One big mob. <laughs> Oof. Yep. Close. Number five, my friends. Shallow be thy game. All right, we have two more. Oh, wait, correction. One, One. more. And it's not going to match, I guarantee it. I, pro- I, I feel like it won't, but maybe surprise me. Number four, Transcending. Uh, One hot minute. You surprised me. Woo! <laughs> I mean, I, it's no, it's, I don't think it's a secret what my number one is. <laughs> number three, Shall It Be That Game. Aeroplane. Yep, we're doing the zero thing. Number two, war. Yay! <laughs> My friends. I'm not one of them. Uh, apparently no, no, no. not. Number one, one hot minute. Coffee shop. Coffee. And I, you know what? I will never let old memes go. Coffee shop. Yeah, that's a little, that's a bit old now. <laughs> yeah, it's like 2018. Jesus. It doesn't even feel that long ago. Gross. Well, we got two last week, and we went back to our golden way of zero, the big golden egg. Yay! Isn't that what uh, What's-Her-Face wanted from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? Gooses! Gooses! Yeah. They lay in the eggs or she something. She wants a I don't bean remember. feast and big nuts and go nuts and something. I don't know. Fucking. I want a bowl. Shut up. Brat. Well, that was her, yes, but yes, yes. I now I'm, now I'm confused. I'm extremely aware of the Willy Wonka movie. Uh, I I love that movie as a child, and I love shitting on it as an adult. But I'll still watch it a billion <laughs> times. I love watching videos of how many OSHA violations there are in that movie. That and just it. Charlie Buck, it's a complete piece of shit. <laughs> he should not yeah. be the and like, his grandfather. My he, God. he's a lying sack of shit. And Charlie Bucket, he is just a manipulative little unappreciative asshole. Like, oh, I don't, I can't have chocolate or golden ticket, but my family's barely surviving right now. <laughs> poor me. It's like because you can't have your fucking chocolate. Shut up. Your family's poor. Okay. Mm. Uh, anyways, I'm done. Uh, I just want to make a whole video about Randy about Charlie Bucket now, but I'm not going to do that because we have to rate the record and the fruit fly just flew by me. Cool. What are you doing down here? Is it my beer bottle? Maybe. Gross. Anyways, yes, let's go rate a record right now. Whoosh. Hey, look at that. The album rating screen. How are you doing, bud? Just kidding. It doesn't talk. It's an album rating screen. But if it could talk, it'd be like, please, please unload the B tier. (laughs) Please stop hurting me. 
it hurts in like the upper chest area, which is where B is, because A would be the head, B would be the chest, C would be the hips, and D would be the legs. Oh God. We're hurting the this chest. Gonna... We're, we're giving the show a heart attack. That's what I'm this trying to is... say. This is going to be a B tier, I can tell. I just, if... I feel the exact same way. If trends are anything, it's going to be B. Okay, so you're going to go first and tell me what you think about this album. But the thing is, as you're saying your score, I'll hold up this card that has a number on it, which you've seen me in the webcam the entire time. I have not touched it. I haven't changed it. I haven't done anything. Not at all. Um, Again, what it is on the paper, I think it's going to be different from what it is now because now that I've heard you talk about it, it just feels different. So yeah. go ahead and tell me what you thought of One Hot Minute. Oh, I don't like this. I feel like it's some sort of Price is Right. Like Price is Right. I want to win a car this or something. This is going over. <laughs> oh, okay. So this album, um, there were times of grand excitement and there were times of grand disappointment. Uh, we kind of met in the middle and I ranked, I rated it as 73.15 which is a lot higher than I thought I was going to. Motherfucker, really? <laughs> I said 72.8 for your get score. Yeah, yeah. yeah you I was close. Not even, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, that's, that's what 53, 53 episodes gives you, 52. Something along the lines of that, but the fact is that that's like, that's what, like you scored at 13 points over Blood Sugar Sex Magic or something like that? Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, well, well and I knew you're gonna like this one a lot more too. So, oh yeah, it's it just matches what I like to hear just audibly. Um, I am sort of opening my musical tastes a little bit more, so maybe that kind of had to do episodes. with it. Yeah, well, I've been rating them a little bit better um, yeah. because I'm appreciating them a little more. But uh, this is an album that I would probably listen to in my own time again. Excellent news. So yeah. wait, do you say you're 73.15? That's one make sure I get that in my calculator there so I can do my scores, looking at everything. So my score, I mean, uh I I like this I like this album a lot, but I didn't like it as much as Blood Sugar Sex Magic. So that's our polar opposite thing there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> fucking B tier, right? My yeah, score probably. was 77.30, which brings our average to 75.22%, right in the dead middle of the B tier again. It is the exact same score as Radiohead's OK Computer. Fuck me. Uh, I am okay if we put this above Radiohead. Hold on a minute. <laughs> That's going to require some discussion. No, it doesn't. Yes, it does. There's two of us here, and I'm the main person on this podcast. You're just, you're my lackey. <laughs> Zoom just killed your audio, and I love it. Oh, my God. I'm going to have a heart attack for how funny that was. Holy shit. Oh, God. Okay. Well, uh, well, at least we're not discussing what the number one album is again. Like, that was a whole uh, deal. So this uh, this can be figured out pretty quickly. Through Twitter votes. Only go to yeah. twitter.com slash don't go to twitter.com. Even though we have an account over there. And you know what? For your for your own sanity and for, our, yeah, pretty much the better of the world, just don't go to Twitter. <laughs> Welcome back to twitter.com. Uh, no, sorry. It's right. The record podcast. That's right. I like how we tell people not to go to Twitter, but yeah, we do have an account over there. We are on Twitter. But funny enough, nobody follows that Twitter account. And I'm I'm actually okay with that. Oh, yeah. We, that's when you can just start spewing hate at uh, political figures and uh, just hot takes on everything that nobody wants to listen to. I draw my uh, my Rule 34 fan art of Justin Trudeau and Joe Biden. 
<laughs> Why do I know what that is? Oh my god. Everyone knows what Rule 34 is. Uh, We're the same age, okay? I mean, like we, we uh, know. We've been around too long. Yeah, well, if the beginning of this show and my te- technological inap- ineptness um in says grasp anything on the English language. In the grasp on the English Anyways. Anyways, continue on without me. Yeah, speaking of going on too long, we are at the end of the episode here. Red Hot Chili Peppers, One Hot Minute was One Hot Album, apparently. One Hot Uh B-tier album. Uh, Like, joking aside, like, and I know we're not not doing this on purpose, but, like, just, it is kind of irritating every week to be like, oh, fuck, B-tier again. And as soon Uh as I scored, I saw the score of my album, I was like, Fuck, this is going to be a B tier. And then sure enough, recording later on today, which is now, and finding yeah. that out, it's like, Because you do, because you do the math. It's like, what do we need to push us over A? And you're like, she's not going to do that. And then she's like, I don't think she's going to tank it. So it can't go into C. Well, we're fucked. We're fucked. I did think they were going to score at 72.8. So, I mean, yeah. I was very close. So I, that's why I looked at it and I was like, this is a fucking B tier old. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think, uh, I, I think when we come back from the break, the one that we're, we're reviewing i don't know if that's even gonna make it into b because it spoiler another weezer album um it, that we might break the b uh the b cycle yeah we're doing all four seasons albums <laughs> when we come back oh yeah island in the sun for four albums nice yeah, yeah exactly Oh man. okay well yeah i mean it's getting frustrating but i mean what can you do again we're not doing this on purpose it's just the way we do this and we we're terrible at it. So no, the yeah. answer to this question that we asked earlier, no, we are not getting better at this. We're getting worse. <laughs> uh, I had, I had so much optimism, but uh, yeah. So did I. I thought it was going to be, I, I honestly thought I was going to rate this higher, but it didn't surprise me that I didn't rate it higher than blood sugar, sex magic. Yeah. All right. Well, anyways, thank you very much for making it this far and witnessing yet another B tier album. So that this is just going to be another meme I post on Instagram about something, something B tier album as I've been doing for the last little while now. Yeah. We just call this the B tier and that's it. Right. The B tier. Yeah. So basically let us know what you thought of the album. Please tell me it's on a B tier. And if it is, I guess that's fine. Cause it's not Canon, but at the same time, it's like, please tell me you liked or hated this a little more. Mike. Yeah. Peter just made beeping noises at me. Oh no! Oh no! Beeping! Oh God! Mm. I tried. I really did. I hope that didn't come through on the recording. But if it did, sorry. And if we're not recording right now, which it says we are, then we should be okay. Anyway, thank you very much for being a part of the show today. Let us know what you thought of the album down in the comments below, wherever you're listening, or over on the social medias. Once again, rate the record podcast, which can be found over on ratetherecord.ca can also be found over with our Kofi link kofi.com slash rate the record if you do want to financially support us be tearing another album <laughs> that's all you're paying for anymore <laughs> oh shit I didn't mention that in the perks for Kofi it's, uh, for every for every one dollar we make on Kofi we be tear another album <laughs> But also, every time we beat here an album, an angel gets its wings. <laughs> it, does, it does because a listener dies because they're like, oh, no, that was my favorite. Well, I mean, they have wings now, so they can at least be happy about that. They don't have to listen to any more fucking beat here. Oh, my God. Fair enough. I'm trying to tell people to listen to them. Just like listen to us talking shit on ourselves. Yeah. I God. All right, but yeah, just before we let you go, we usually like to give you a little sneak peek of what's happening next week. Well, here's the spoiler alert. There is no next week. The world's ending. No, not da, just da, much da. that. Uh, we are taking a week off because uh, it's just mid-season break. I think this season's only poised to be like 
that's probably the wrong term anyways, 17 episodes yeah. altogether. So it's not 27 like season two was. <laughs> so we're at that mid-season point. We're going to take a week off and just do whatever. And yeah. I, I picked a really good week to take off because, my God, next week I'm fucking busy and I don't feel like recording anything. I'm going to a wrestling show next week. So I'm really excited about that. Yes, you're going That's to... All. You're going to fly to all the way to Japan to see New Japan Pro Wrestling. I I am coming back the I, very next day. <laughs> I am I am going to be the only one who doesn't have any decorum in this in the stands. I'll stand there cheering, and everyone's just sitting there going, oh, "What is she doing?" Yeah, because they they only like applaud gently. They yeah. don't go crazy like They're American really audiences. Yep. Even though New Japan can be fucking brutal. <laughs> Yuck, strong style. Uh, I, I don't I don't want to watch someone just slap each other in the chest, but you know, <laughs> you do what you can to get to Japan, right? At this point, we're just kind of going on because yeah, there's no hint to give you, but I mean, two weeks out, we would have given you a hint, but Savannah didn't prepare one. That's yeah. fine. Uh I'll just say um the hint is that it's episode 54 when we come back. So just make sure you're keeping track chronologically. Um the only thing I can say off the top of my head is this band has been together for at least 30 years and they are still going with a dedicated fan base. And I was going to say, no matter oh, yeah. how young you are, chances are, you know, their biggest hit. Yes. I almost Red. guarantee, even if you don't yep. know it off the top of your head, you've heard it like yep. 100%. 100%. And I'm, and we both know what that song is at the very least. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I mean, have a great week off without us. I'm pretty sure you're going to breathe a huge sigh of relief, but then two weeks, hold your breath again and come on back and review more albums with us. Yay. All right. So until we see you again in two weeks, we'll listen to some awesome music like the Red Hot Chili Peppers one hot minute, and we will see you again when we see you. So take care, friends. Goodbye. <laughs>